accomplished. And you wonder, if the whole Obama, a very intelligent man, does he not know this is wrong? Our prime minister, does he not know that this is wrong? But why are they passing this kind of law, you know? Even some of the the um, LBG community, I think they call them, some of them say that, you know, they don't really want to leave civil partnership. That they don't want marriage anyway. That they are okay with civil partnership. Regardless of the fact that those, the majority of those they are fighting for say they don't want marriage to be redefined. They want civil partnership to remain. Marriage was redefined because it's not the agenda of the homosexual. It's the agenda of Lucifer. To make the wicked more wicked according to the scripture. Because if you look at the balance of law, you will discover that that is the most unbalanced law. Because those who have civil partnership before are now allowed to marry. And those who have married before are not allowed to have civil partnership. That is one-sided, isn't it? That's not the jurisprudence that we know. But of course it was made. Because the Bible says in the end time, the wicked goes to wicked. The, the world must wind God to the limit for the wrath of God to be poured. Every generation that saw the wrath of God, they wind God to the limit. And when they wind God to the limit, God has to put sanity, which is the main purpose of law. It's just to introduce sanity into society. So God has to introduce some sanity by bitter judgment. But you know something with God, when he sends his messengers for judgment, he doesn't call them back. They must achieve what he has said. He tells them that the, the righteous protect them. But upon anyone you have not seen the seal of righteousness, which is the blood of the Lamb, I permit you. And they will devastate. They will swallow up cities. I saw some cities, I told you this many years ago, some cities on the map vanished because it sank. They used to say they have a sinkhole. It was a small hole. Two people, three people sank. This, a whole city, suddenly, and it was gone. But the saints in it were rescued by angels. And people began to wonder, how, were you not in the city? Yes, I was. How did you escape it? I cannot tell. God will do those things that will shock human beings that people cannot put their finger to and then they will now have to agree that it is God who did it. Because what the whole, let's assume that the whole of, you know, Greenwich sank and everybody here found themselves in West End. And we're having a meeting when it sank. They took the video, they watched it, we were at the meeting. But we did not sink. We were not taken over by the, 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 the girls. People will begin to ask, what happened? But they will soon find out that those who have been escaping have one trait. They all believe in Jesus Christ. That is what you are going to see. Then God will do some miracles that will be astounding. That's the reason why they have to, you know, uh, well, we call it legislation as well because that is uh, secondary legislation. Policies of, of counsel and the rest of them. You know, that's why they have to make it. Because if they don't make those things, you who is a prophet, you will not manifest. I would mean that. So because they are making these things, God will get angry. And God will 
Prophetic gift that people will be intimidated. Prophetic gift that they will call the prophets of God, they will call the mediums and say, okay, now you both do this. Tell us. And the medium will be chanting and get nothing. And the prophet will say that, look, this is where what you are looking for is. This is the address you will find it. This is the name of the person who owns it. God will pour power that mortal man has not seen. And for the clamboyancers and all these uh, necromancers, God will do astonishing miracles like amputation, amputated legs growing and stuff like that. So that judgment is going on, but the church is imagined. I would mean that. People will lose money, but you will gain money. When they begin to sack people, they won't sack you. If they sack you somewhere, it is just for you to collect money of sack and get a better job double pay in another place immediately. It has happened in this church before, but you will see it happen again and again in this season. This is a season we have entered to four months' journey. But let me help you with something. Look at the book of Psalm 137. I want you to, be, to listen to me attentively. We all hear the word of God. The Bible says, Blessed are those who do. Isn't it? Everything that is written in the book of law. Chapter 37 is a, is, a, is a scripture you must read for the whole of the month. It says, Do not fret because of an evil man, of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. Let me get um, my iPad. We are old school. The word of God must be in the paper, not in a pad. Because you can't open iPad. By the time you are trying to press and bring it back to the normal, I have opened all my scriptures. Now, but in case, because of those of you who are old folks, that you like King James, so I will move between NIV and King James as will be appropriate. And when I use King James, I'm looking at the old King James. Say, do not fret because of an evil, because of evil men. So if you have been fretting, because some people are succeeding, stop it. Especially people who don't know God. Do you know why? I'm talking about the wicked who will not know. I want to show you who are classified to be wicked so that you won't follow those traits. Do not fret because of evil men who, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. The NIV. Trust in the Lord and what? Say to somebody, do good. You can't trust in God and be doing evil. They don't work together. You trust in God, you must what? Do good. It says, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. 
Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Did you see that? Don't follow the desire of your heart at the expense of God. Delight in God first, then follow the desires of your heart, and then he will give it to you. And he says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. The justice of your course, like the noonday. Now, sometimes we fight for, our, for some things that we need to pray about. Isn't it? And you fight for it, you will never get resolved, would you? Anytime you fight for those things, it causes things go worse and worse, isn't it? Sometimes it's better to keep quiet and just pray. Isn't it? There are some issues that you don't just keep on arguing. Because one argument will always lead to another argument. And then argument will lead to heartbreaking because many words will come out from argument that are not intentional. But they will become the primary words upon which others will base their opinion. Though it came out by provocation, which it didn't really mean. So argument brings all those stuff. We should refrain from it. Rather, we pray. Did you see that now? It says... Verse 6, isn't it? We've finished 6 now. Someone says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Any one of you who is looking for something, it seems he's getting late. Take patience. Don't hurry. Wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways. When they carry out their wicked schemes, refrain from anger. Underline this in your Bible. Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. And an evil man will not understand in the last days. Only those who are righteous will understand. Anger, provo- it, prov- it, it, it produces rot, and it causes man to fret, blabbing. Anger really is, is, is a function of pride and arrogance, you know, but it leads only to evil. The end of anger, arrogance and pride is evil. When a man does evil before God, even if you say you are born again, you are an evil man. Everything said about the evil man will happen to you, though you claim to be born again. Look at what it says in verse 9. For evil men will be what? Cut off. But those who hope in the Lord will what? Inherit the land. Verse 10, a little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will, be no, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnashes their teeth at them. Did you see this? But the Lord laughs at who? When they gnash their teeth against you, 
Why should you be angry? Don't be angry. If you talk, then God will not fight. But if you keep quiet and ignore it, if you, if you take what they said or did to be anything serious, then God will not fight. But you ignore. If you ignore it, he says the Lord will laugh at the wicked. For he knows their days is coming. God has set a day before them. They will not escape it. The wicked draws the sword and bends the bows to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those who we, whose ways are upright. But their sword will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. We need to pray for Europe and America that this is not happening within now December there. Because of some policies that just attack peaceful countries. And they left those nations in utter war and battle. And then they packed their load and go. And left the nations in disarray. They are intelligent so much that they have protected themselves from retribute. But the nations are coming in now as refugees. By law, they must allow them. It's because of this scripture. So that by the time they are sleeping, their enemies have pitched tent around them, scattered all over their nation, at the command of the voice of judgment, they will begin to manifest. It will be so many all over the nations who knew peace, such that their police cannot handle, neither could their armor handle. Pray for these nations. But the righteous will be protected in the midst of it. As for the retributes, God has set a time to laugh at the wicked. Are we together now? Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. Did you hear that now? For the power of the wicked will be broken. Uh, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The days of the blameless are known to the Lord, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In the days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. But the wicked will what? Perish. The Lord's enemies will be like the beauty of the field. They will vanish, vanish like smoke. The wicked borrows and do not pay. But the righteous gives generously. Understand, Jesus said the wicked borrower cannot pay. If you cannot pay because you haven't got the money, he's not talking about that. He's talking about a wicked will borrow and will not pay. He will refuse to pay. But he says the righteous what? Give generously. So if you're a righteous person, you better give. Learn how to give. Learn how to be generous. Give to those who are giveable. Give to those who are not giveable. Hallelujah. People that you love, give to them. People that hate you, give to them when they are in need. Make sure they are in need and you can meet it up. Meet up their needs. Jesus commanded us to do so. I will together now. You don't give only to those who love you. You give to those who are in need. They may hate you. Those the Lord blesses will inherit what? Come on now, read that verse 22 together. Read it again. 
So in this time, when the curse of God shall go over the earth, it cannot affect the righteous. The righteous inherit the land that is lost by the wicked. Someone is saying, how will it happen? It has been happening, but it will happen more. You will be part of it. If the Lord delights in a man, a man's way, he makes his steps what? Firm. Underline that. Though he stumbles, he will not fall. Though he may have a little setback, but he will not be destroyed. For the Lord upholds him even when he stumbles. <laughs> Hallelujah. Upholds him with his hand. I was young and now I'm old. Yet I, I have never seen the righteous forsaken all their children begging for what? For bread. Underline it. You be righteous. Let me say something to you. If you follow righteousness and any of your children rebel against God, it is possible. The children of Eli were terrible because Eli did not correct them. But the children of Samuel were terrible too. Not because Samuel did not instruct them, because Samuel don't take nonsense. But because they chose to be terrible. When a child chooses to be ungodly or terrible or stuff like that, it doesn't have anything to do with the parents. I want the parents to know this. It doesn't have anything to do. You brought a child to the world. If the child chooses something different, leave him alone. Really, if my own child chooses something different, I will cut him off from my, my, my ancestors. I will shut him and lock him out. And I will tell him never to step my door. That's what I will do. My senior pastor did that when her daughter decided to go and marry, uh, you know, a, a, an unbeliever. And he's a white man from Arakas. He's the first white man that did that. And then when he, he announced in the church that that child, forget it, is not my child. And told her, don't step my door. She went to court and did her wedding. He never attended. His wife never attended. Okay? It was many years after when I joined the church, I heard about the story. Even when the girl says that, says, Dad, I'm sorry, he came back. She said, don't enter my house. You are now and I forget it. It's not a sin. He's setting a standard for the child to become righteous. Not to be sorry, but to, be, to accept the Lord back. So when I came, God used me to lead both of them to Christ. And my senior pastor accepted them only when they accepted Jesus Christ. So it is possible for the son of a righteous to choose his own path or the daughter. But you see, this is what happened. The covenant of God with the righteous is that his offspring shall be blessed. But any offspring of a righteous that turns away from the God of his father. God will frustrate the blessing. They will do everything. They will not succeed. They will have great potential. If we give them one billion, it will go to drain. Because God will not fulfill that covenant on a descendant who does not follow the path of his father. And God will use poverty and, and, and um, affliction to bring them back. Some of them come back before in good time. And in, once they come back, then the covenant of wealth will come again. 
Some of them come back at the time of their death. Those ones will never get the blessing. All promises about them remain, but they cannot operate it. They are the ones who get to heaven and regret. But I have to explain this to you to help you understand that some of you may be committed to God and you are serving God and you have one or two children who are not. You don't have to worry about them. You don't have to worry about them. And when God is dealing with them, don't help them. Are we together? If you help somebody that God is dealing with, that help will go to drain. God will waste it. Because you are now fighting against God. Because God's intention is to use that weapon to bring that child back. So you have to also tell the child, for me to touch you, because you are under the punishment of God, for me to touch you, you must come back to God. When you reconcile with your God, then, if you don't reconcile with him, sorry, I can't help you. Because any help you give to him, who will help the person that God is punishing? That's the reason why those of you who are young better understand God and tell the rest of your friends. I will together now. It is God's covenant. If any child of a righteous continue in the Father's way, he will never. Second Chronicles chapter 20, 26. Uzziah, verse 5. Look at that very quickly and come back to this one. Look at Second Chronicles, yes, chapter, chapter 26. All right. Shall we read that together? That is desire. So the covenant of success is for those who seek God. And when you are supposed to be the child of, a, of, a, of, of, of God or the child of a righteous, and you decide not to seek God, God will strangulate you. That's what he does. Because it's better for a person to die in affliction and go to heaven than to be healthy and go to hell. To die in poverty and go to heaven than to be rich and go to hell. So warn yourselves. Go back to that 37. It says they are always generous and learn freely. The children, their children will be blessed. You know when the Bible is talking about um, righteous here, he said that righteous man, when people need money and he has, he borrows them money. And the money charges them interest. Are you understanding? If you have money and somebody else need, has a need, a money you can part away with, not money that you, you put in for a particular thing. And sometimes we have money in the account that we just don't know what we do with. Somebody have an emergency that uh, within a short time we can redeem that situation. A righteous cannot turn away from such. If you turn away from such, you are not righteous. The reason is because the spirit in you will not give you rest until you help that person. Someone has said, ah, will you give all the money away? What about if you don't have it? And you are the one at the begging end. Do you want to be like that? You want to be the one who will be begging people for money. So when God gives you money, therefore, and people will come to you for money, that you know you have a need, you know someone you are giving, don't you know you are privileged? It is not always, always good to be the one begging others for money. You try it now. 
It's not a good position. Someone say, what well, the Bible doesn't pay me. Give the money you can part with, part with. Don't give someone the money you can part with. You get me now? Within your ability. But if you borrow money and you do not, you, you refuse to pay, you are wicked. Because I just read it to you. The wicked borrows and will not pay. So when God will deal with the wicked, he will deal with somebody who borrows and refuses to pay. Taking the other one for granted. Oh, he has. If he has, if you borrowed, you are a slave to the lender. That's what the Bible says. And if you refuse to pay the person, then if you are praying that he should cancel your debt, you are a wicked person. He won't cancel your debt. God will not cancel your debt. Because God says that if you borrow, pay. Yeah. Some people have met him, but he said, it is the year of cancellation of debt. You are not a Jew. The fact is that the backless bank won't cancel your debt. You wake up the next day, they knock your door with a red letter. <laughs> Hallelujah. But when a Christian borrows money, he must pay. And when you are lent money, you must make, when you lend money out to people, make sure you don't take interest. Turn from evil and do good. That is to the righteous. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever. But the offspring of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous will utter, uh, a righteous man utters wisdom. And his tongue speaks what is just. Did you see that? The law of his God is in his what? Heart. His feet do not sleep. The wicked lie in wait for the righteous, seeking their very lives. And you understand, I explained this to you last week. Some people are not with axe, but with their mouth. They destroy the people. But the Lord will not leave them in their power, or let them be condemned when they are brought to trial. Wait for the Lord. And keep this way. Keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. <coughs> when the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in its native soil. But he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless, underline that. Observe the upright. Shall we read that together? There's a future for me. Then what did he say? Let's read again. Read it again. Let me tell you why I would read it. Consider the blameless. Observe the upright. There is a future for me. How will you read it now? Say it again. Say it one more time. Do you know if your wife borrowed you money and you refuse to pay, you come under curse? The Lord just told me to tell you. 
Really, if your wife puts a money on the, on the um, television and you want to spend it, if you take it, you must tell her. If you don't tell her, you have stolen. Yes, spiritually and legally. Same thing with your husband. And a child cannot take a money that the parents put somewhere without telling. If you do that, the devourer will come into the rest of your blessing. Many of us, or a good number of us, have suffered under that. When you take somebody else's money, you must tell him that I took this money. Alright? Husband and wife, you know, if the husband spent the wife's money, the husband will hear, say, ah, yeah, there's no problem, because what will you spend it for? It's a family thing. But the law of God requires you to ask permission for it and get the permission or tell the person. And if you take your child's money, you must tell your child that I've taken your money. Okay? Now let me say this, therefore. What God told me when I was going to read this, I was reading, He said, tell them again. If you borrow money from somebody or if you owe somebody, pay them. If you cannot pay, you must let them know that I will pay you. I cannot pay. But if it is 10 pounds you are putting aside, 100 pounds you are putting aside, make effort to inconvenience yourself to put it together. That effort you make will cause God to open doors for provision because you have made effort. You are making effort to put money together no matter how small they are and when they are. You don't touch it because when you say that I'm putting this money together for this man. Once you mention his name to a money, he has become the owner by the laws of God. Okay? And no matter what problem hardship you have, you can't touch that money because you are putting that money to pay your debt. Alright? And when you make a, 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 such attempts, then it's a sacrifice that will cause God's blessing upon any labor and struggle of your life. Many believers are not rich and they get uh, this, you know, um, failure or disappointment. When they will see good deals coming in, good business coming in, the last minute, everything will just come down to nothing. They will invest money and it will just vanish. It is because you check yourself. If you're owing somebody, go pay. Really, the Bible says that if you bring an offering to the church and you are quarreling with somebody or you are fighting with somebody or you owe somebody that you refuse to pay, God said, go and meet the person and make peace before you give your offering. But there is a future for us. But we must be man of peace. Isn't it? We've come to the end of the matter. I think you have rested enough sitting down, isn't it? Shall we read the rest of you together? Verse 38. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is your portion in this month. The Lord will protect you from every peril. The Lord will bless you in the time of His mercy. Shall we stand up on our feet, please, and we pray that psalm to ourselves. The Lord, everything about the righteous in this psalm, let it manifest over my life. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. 
And everything of the wicked, Lord, let them depart from me. That I will not be part of that in the name of Jesus. Tell the Lord. Father, 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 we pray. What you said about the wicked will not happen to us. Our God, our Redeemer. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. Now the Lord just reminded me that I should prophesy over your, your finances. He said, um, if you have instrument of your work, bring it out. Anything, if you don't you have your checkbook or you have anything that has to do with your banking and stuff, hold it in your hand. You know, the Lord said he would deal with our finances during this season. We will have plenty. Amen. You will hear more worse news tomorrow on the television about this economic stuff. Okay? Don't be moved. It is in this shaking that you will be prosperous. Amen. It is written. When the Lord brought back the captive to Zion, your captive shall be brought from your Zion. Back to your Zion. It will be like a man, like the man who dreamed. In this month of September, your mouth shall be filled with laughter. And your tongue will be filled with songs of joy. Then it will be said among the nations, the Lord had done great things for you. The Lord has done great things for me, you will say, and my mouth is filled with joy. The Lord will restore your fortune like the watercourse of Negev. For all your years that you have been sowing in tears, in this month you will come back with songs of joy. For all the harvests you have been sowing and carrying sheaves and weeping, carrying seed in your hand. All your labor into your life. Investments into your life. In this month of September, you will restore with songs of joy. It shall bring forth harvest of sheaves. Aliens will cultivate your land. Princes will see you and they shall bow. The grace of heaven rests upon you today. For this is the month of grace. The Bible says God is able to make all grace abound. You will abound in every good work. Grace abound for you. Anywhere you go in September, grace will work for you. Every day of September shall have its own testimony. In the area that you have lost territories, from this hour you begin to regain them. 
everything that the devil is holding forth that belongs to you, I command the devil to release them in the name of Jesus. For the Bible says, the thief, when a thief is caught, he will pay sevenfold. When a thief is caught, he will pay sevenfold. Whatever the thief, the devil has stolen from you, I command them to pay sevenfold in the name of Jesus. Anything that hell is struggling with you, I command the spirit of hell to lose hold in the name of Jesus Christ. I command by the power of the Most High, every demon of hell assigned to struggle with you, or your children, or your marriage, or your family, I burn them and cast them to hell. They are human agents, I command them to be wearied. As you have entered this new month, the Lord has signed a messenger to your lips. The Lord connects your lips with the mind of Christ. So that in your anger you will not sin. When you open your lips, God will not permit you to speak things that are contrary to his will. The Lord will grant you strength in your inner man. So that you can overlook the things the devil is doing. And focus on what heaven is doing this month. Everything that God has created will work for you. In the name of Jesus, you will find favor before all men. In the name of Jesus, you will find favor before all angels. Every torrent that will be sent from the pit of hell shall elude you. They will not come near your house. They will not come near your life. They will not come near your body. The anger of the devil with the venom that will come out of him will be, will be powerless over your lives. Both you, your children, and your property shall be protected. So shall it be in the name of Jesus Christ. As God had promised us this month, so in this month you flourish. In this month you prosper. In this month you are empowered. The grace that you received last week, gifts of the Spirit, in this month, from this hour, they begin to manifest in you. The Lord will drive you by the Holy Spirit. Yours will be a delightful land. So shall it be. And so it is. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Let's just sit down and prepare our giving tonight. This is victory night. Remember, it's 09, not 08, and it's the first. <laughs> 